Hey everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Have we done a time after time joke at some, at any point? I'm sure we have, right? Uh, not I yet, like I don't think. Have. I don't think. Well, time after time, James, we mm. have stepped into mm. this show, um, and we've for uh, quite a few episodes, um, nearly 70 episodes at this point, uh, or actually, no, actually at this point, 71 episodes, sorry, mm-hmm. um, which is going to change when we do the Eternals pickups. I shouldn't date myself like that, but uh, we've recorded quite a few podcasts, and James, it feels like we're going to be just sort of sprucing up the place a little bit. Yeah, yeah, doing a little bit of a early spring cleaning. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. We're recalibrating the danger room. That has no place on this show. All right. See, that um, works, though, if you know Marvel Comics, right. but not if you're like, I've only ever watched the MCU, like my mom. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, we decided to do a little streamlining uh, going into the new year because we wanted, we were looking at some stuff and we're, we're realizing that the way we were doing recording and, and production of these episodes was not sustainable for the project that we have. Mm-hmm. We were doing, we happy with the episodes, proud of them. We could make them better. Yeah. And so we kind of have a um, three, three things that we're going to be working on slash changing sort of from an SOP standpoint. First is that episode lengths are going to be proportional to the scene that they're about. Um, unless there's a guest or something super juicy to talk about, like, you know, the silencer scene. I felt like we did good about the silencer. I agree with that as, yeah. as well. Like, it's such a short scene. Yeah. But there was a lot of fun stuff to talk about. And yeah. actually, the episode where it was 19 seconds and 12 seconds too long. Yeah. Uh, but it gave us so much room for funny stuff yeah. Yeah. that, like, I would not have done that episode differently you know what i mean yeah exactly but i think that i've found recently that constraints help uh creativity Mm -hmm. um and so that's one thing um especially sorry not to cut you off immediately but especially because we have plans to ramp up how many episodes Mm -hmm. we do per week because otherwise we'll just be in a tv show or a movie or whatever for three full years yeah so you know to in order to move quicker and to get more episodes done in a more timely fashion haha timely time um (laughs) then you know we have to do this sort of thing so yeah it's just gonna make more content for y'all faster exactly exactly um i added this one in uh just now so now it's for uh scene (laughs) definite the definition of what is a scene yeah we're gonna be um a little more liberal with you know the director has called cut but plot wise that doesn't actually end the scene yep 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 so like if someone leaves a building and we watch them leave the building even though it's an exterior shot now that's still the same scene right especially if they're like still having a conversation exactly. with someone. kind of yeah. like the west wing walk and talk kind of yes, thing exactly we love yep. to talk about west wing on this show yeah. as well so yeah. at some point i'm sure we'll do some sort of yeah. podcast for that oh, yeah yeah I just saw James go, oh, shoot, I'm going to have to add that to my list. I, I am watch, I'm watching it as, as, as of right now. But uh, yeah, so basically the, the idea of what a scene is so that we have less scenes to cover and less sort of like, and they continue to do such and such. Because mm-hmm. no one, n- there's nothing to uh, add. So why not have it be part of the right. scene so you can. Yeah. Anyways, three research should tie back into what happens in the episode. 
which we've been mostly fairly good on, though. I feel like sometimes <laughs> I get like, you know, A, B, C, D links to yeah. the, the thing. And oh, so I researched the history of McDonald's and it's like that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Oh, but yes, this to this to this to this um, back to it. You see where the rabbit hole is, but the audience yeah, doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, segments like Music of 1931 need to be concise. Um, so we figured out kind of a heuristic way to sort of look at it. I'm going to try and be a lot more concise. The other thing to do with this is we don't necessarily need to mm-hmm. always have a, a segment that goes if we're all in a year. If we're in a year for a long time, we don't necessarily need to have a segment for that whole year. Correct. This is a commitment, and I'm happy that we have kept this commitment going. And people have said that they liked it, but I want to get it more streamlined, especially mm-hmm. as we start yeah. to have more guests. Because I feel like sometimes it's like, and now James is going to talk about really old music for a little bit. And that right. feels, that feels At weird. the guest, yeah. Right, exactly. Um, and, exactly. you know, if I may, so kind of also put my hat into the ring a little bit as well. Um, I didn't have any ideas for 1931, um, but I do have some ideas for some things for uh, like the 40s and beyond. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think another cool thing about this is going to be that uh, you're going to start seeing like when James is leading the discussion on the episode itself and there's still sort of time permitting, you know, I will probably jump in with a segment yeah. um, related to like that time period or what's happening in the episode, et cetera, et cetera, right. and vice versa right. for, you know, music of 1931 or anything else that James concocts. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. And so in conclusion, for me, not being timid about having shorter episodes yep. is sort of is sort of the the big uh, underlying theme for for, I think, going forward. With that said, um, speaking of being concise and and <laughs> really quickly, let's let's get into this episode, buddy. Yeah, five minutes in. Let's get in. Um, nice. No, I actually, I think that this was worth it, though. Like, this yeah. will be a longer, you know, intro, obviously, but I think it's cool to sort of also, as you're listening back to the series, you know, yeah. when you kind of get to this point and then see how, like, quickly things progress, I feel like it's going to be a cool uh, visual thing in a way. For sure. Speaking of visuals, uh, you can use your eyeballs to go to Netflix.com <laughs> and pull up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 2. And we're going to start at 13 minutes and 8 seconds. We're going to end at 14 minutes and 34 seconds. And here is that scene. Our heroes quietly step out of the secret hideout, already in the secret, well, maybe not so secret, speakeasy. <laughs> the mystery woman is clearly in pain. She tells them to let her go, not very threateningly, because, uh, again, very much in pain. Koenig says, I can't believe I took a bullet for you people, which... <laughs> Actually, genuinely, when I watched this scene again, I did laugh out loud at that because I think somehow I missed it the first time I watched it. Uh, And if you're not remembering in a previous episode, he took a shot glass that had the bullet that they pulled out of this woman uh, and took that shot. Ha ha. Um, You know, there's kind of a fun play on words here. Yeah, Yeah, all these puns. Um, He took all of these, you know, like uh, puns and bullets and everything like that to kind of hide the evidence unbelievably funny to say i can't believe i took a bullet for you people very good yeah um but back to reality daisy tells her that uh they're gonna take her to a hospital but only if she answers some questions first so you know the woman's like who are you where's freddie koenig once again interrupts like uh that's what i've been asking (laughs) koenig is in this scene i want to point out in particular this scene and another one coming up 
he is constantly the like the younger sibling that uh-huh. can't really help but like wants to be included. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, when you have a pet and you're like trying to cook or something and the dog is just kind of like, Hey, I would also like to be here cause you're here. Like, <laughs> you are in the way. And they're like, no, I'm helping. <laughs> um, that's what Koenig is here. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Colson says that Freddie is safe. No, thanks to you. Daisy immediately starts hammering away again. Why were you meeting him there? And she's like, I was a friend of his father's trying to help him get a leg up. Very 1931 speak, in my opinion. Yeah. Even even as she's like fainting of like blood loss, she still has like the hand daintily on the forehead kind of thing. Yeah. Not literally, but like it's like that mentality. Yeah, exactly. Um, Colson gives a solid line of any friend of the Malik's is no friend of ours. They continue to interrogate her as Simmons looks through the woman's passport. She then mm-hmm. sees something green on the woman's shoe. She requests a knife, which Koenig does actually for once help and gives one. Uh, she scrapes the green off of the shoe that she just saw. She's now connecting the dots, or rather the stamps and the green stain. And she says, Germany, six times, sorry, Germany, six times in the last year. It's now 1931. Um, so she asks for alcohol that's 90, per, 90 proof or better. Again, Koenig interrupts us to remind us that he is from 1931. Hey, I like the way this bird sings. Great lingo. Um, Simmons fires back, I'm a biochemist, not a bird. Koenig looks so shot down, which, you know, good. And then Simmons also acquires salt, cork, and something made with silver. She says, let's hope it's not what I fear, and strikes a match. James, I know you've got yeah. a little bit of a segment for us. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm gonna let you take over. Uh, absolutely. Um, so, we are able to now, finally, complete, we have the other bookend of... By the way, this segment is going to be more fine-tuned now because we're going to do why that date. Date. So here is, now that we've seen the passport, we can talk about this. So this is what the MCU wiki uh, says, and I feel like this is pretty, a pretty robust logic. So here we go. Uh, in the New Deal, the Empire State Building's construction progress could reasonably be said to match November 1930 to early 1931. So they established 1931 in a Chiron, so we know it's 1931, so January or February. In the New Deal, a poster for Dracula, released February 12, 1931, and a poster for The Phantom of the West, released January 1st, 1931, and a poster left over from a football game with the closest season ending in December 1930, all also suggest January to February. In Know Your Onions, the mysterious woman's passport includes an arrival in Berlin dated February 12th, 1931, meaning the earliest she could be back in New York is February 13th, 1931. Given Mm. that she is in New York the day after the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents arrive, they would have to arrive on February 12th, 1931 at the earliest. And we established they arrived, we basically said they arrived at like 11.15 p.m. on the 12th. And then the dawn that we see is, is the dawn of February 13th. Mm-hmm. Overall, the episodes should be considered as early as possible, particularly for the Empire State Building's construction. Using the earliest allowable date based on the mysterious woman returning to New York from Berlin immediately, it can be taken that the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents arrive on February 12th, and the events of the New Deal and Know Your Onions are on February 13th and 14th, 1931. Well, James, it's interesting that you say that because I did a deep dive on the dark web, 
and found that uh, he gave a speech, this exact speech, to a uh, police union, essentially, but, you know, obviously like a dirty cops union here. Um, in January of 1931, no, I'm kidding. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I was like, James's face oh. was like, was like just pure shock. And if I had actually found that, that would have probably blown my mind. But okay. So, um, and yeah. as, as this scene, actually the, the previous scene where, where they were hiding in the, in the speakeasy again, mm-hmm. that scene and this scene in future times, I might have put together as one scene because it doesn't actually right. cut. Um, correct. I was thinking the same thing, but we are um, now in. Uh, February We're now 14th. into now times. Right, right. So, so today, yeah. as of the them hiding in the, the back of the speakeasy, that is uh, how the MC Wiki has switched over to February 14th. So now this is February right. 14th, 1931. You know what? They went into the closet at 11.59. Yeah. At midnight, the cops came in, so they're like, change of day, change of scene, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but as of Monday, January 24th, 2022. When we were recording it this. Is, yeah, when we are recording this. Those are considered two separate scenes. Right. But like, honestly, really right now we would consider yeah. one scene, but I know time is weird. I get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, now, James, before we head out of the episode, I want to real quick step back to something that Simmons says, which was, let's hope it's not what I fear. So since there's not anything to really research for this episode, yeah. just thought we'd have just a tiny bit of fun with it. Sure. James, wrong answers only. Okay. Give me three things that that green liquid could be. Um... Uh, ectoplasm from Slimer, time traveling okay. Slimer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flubber. Yep, makes sense. And uh, mutagenic ooze. Oh, a man of culture. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> All three great answers and correct and perfect in some other timeline. Thank you, Loki. Um, we'll be covering that in the future. All right. Well, James, that's all that I have for this episode. Yeah. So, what to next? Let's do a quick music of 1931. Perfect. This is a song about the Boswell sisters. Oh my God, they're back. Yeah, exactly. And this is a song called When I Take My Sugar to Tea, which is a fantastic title. Oh, I like that. Right? So this was a top 10 hit for them. Uh, it was also recorded by Bing Crosby. And, of course it was. Okay, Sorry. Right. I, I'm, I'm going to stop saying that. Like <laughs> when it wasn't recorded by Bing Crosby, that's when I'll point it out. Um, oh, that's a fun way to do that. I like that. <laughs> the fact that it was recorded by Bing Crosby is actually pertinent to, to something interesting. Um, okay. Uh, but uh, it also appeared in the Marx Brothers movie Monkey Business, mm. which is the movie where the Marx Brothers per- impersonate Maurice Chevalier. So oh, it all okay. comes back around. It does. This song, first of all, killer breakdown. There is a like a, a jazz swingy breakdown at the end of this song that I was mm-hmm. like, this is great. Second of all, did you ever know as a financer, did you ever listen to the Ryan Adams version of Taylor Swift's 1989? No. So Ra- Ryan no, Adams I'm did not. a cover of the whole 1989 album. Huh. No. And I it didn't was know that. it was fine, but he did a bunch of gender <laughs> gymnastics. Uh-huh. Like, you know, she or her skirt shirt versus skirt, all that sort of stuff. Oh, like like when uh, Michael Bublé refuses to call him Santa baby, but right. instead says Santa buddy. Yeah, it's yeah. like, come on. Yeah, listen, exactly. everyone um, wants to seduce Santa. Just just say it. Michael. Unless you are recording for the soundtrack to the movie Santa Buddies, you are not allowed to call it <laughs> Santa buddy. Um, of course. So it always bugged me that he was, you know, whatever. And I always love when the uh, perceived gender of the singer changes, but mm-hmm. the lyrics don't change, as is mm-hmm. the case 
in When I Take My Sugar to Tea. Here is a, I think the first verse. When I take my sugar to tea, all the boys are jealous of me because I never take her where the gang goes when I take my sugar to tea. I'm a rowdy dowdy, that's me. She's a hi-hat baby, that's she. So I never take her where the gang goes when I take my sugar to tea. Hmm. So hearing this woman sing that, I was like, this rules. In 1931, are you kidding me? That's wild. I mean, Bing Crosby singing it, fine, clever, cool title. Boswell sisters singing it feels kind of progressive. You know, okay, I don't have any examples of this, but I I feel it in my heart, right? Which is so follow me on this. Yep. I feel as though in older times, you very rarely heard now not that that's not sorry, let me quickly backtrack. Obviously, this very much could be a woman character, mm-hmm. like right, singing about another woman. Sure. Uh but I here's now where the my original statement was, was going to be. I feel like in the past you didn't find men singing a song as almost like a narrator for right. the benefit of a woman about someone else, right? But I do feel like you could find a female, you mm-hmm. know, singer acting as a narrator on the benefit of a man telling sure. us, or, uh, the story of a man. So like a woman singing that could still be about a man taking a woman. But the cool thing about that, to me, is that it could be either way. Yep. Whereas if if Bing Crosby sings it, it is definitely about a guy taking right. a girl. Exactly. Um, so just kind of think it's cool that, you know, we're getting some bi-inclusiveness. Yeah. Uh, at the very least. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was really, really pleased to, uh, to hear that. And also the song kind of rules, too. Like, I need yeah. to actually get, like, way more into the Boswell Sisters, because everything I've heard by them is really really cool so i agree with that actually i every time i hear something that you share from the boswell sisters i'm like oh yeah okay yeah, yeah for sure all right for sure um but that's it music 1931 Perfect. uh done and done so why don't i take us to some social media absolutely let's get to it cool 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 uh we have a twitter handle for this podcast it is at timeline scav uh, there's also a twitter handle for the podcast network we're on which is the scavengers network at scavengers uh, you can find my Twitter handle at unabashed James. Colin, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Colin M. Parker. You can also find uh, Nick Bermald, who composed both the beginning and ending songs that you hear on our podcast, uh, on Twitter at N-B-R-A-M-A-L-D or at nickbermaldcomposer.co.uk. Colin? Yes. We're, in a, we're in a new age. It's, it's, we it's like a we're rebooting. You know, time, Timeline Scavengers number one, an all new team. <laughs> it's the same book, but now we're calling it a number one. It's the legacy <laughs> number seventy two, <laughs> right. but it's the new number one, right? Of Marvel Now dot zero one, right? Only podcast on reborn. Marvel Unlimited, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Infinity Please Podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. So okay. uh, I'm really excited. I've been kind of stoked to, to record these all day with these new streamlined uh, guidelines. Me too. But that's going to do it for us for uh, today. Uh, please join us very soon for the next episode. But as always, I am James Anderson. And I'm the new streamlined Colin M. Parker. Excelsior!
Yes, I am. Okay. We're rolling. This is the good one. Take five. Name that song. Yeah. I'm a chicken. That was one of the two between that and Powdered Milkman. Those were the two Aquabat songs I had on Napster when I found out Travis Barker was in Aquabats. And I was like, who are these Aquabats? And those are the two I got. And you know, that's great. Don't regret it. They're great songs. Super Rad is also just such a banger. Yeah. My skateboard. Okay. Anyways. Oh, God. I forgot about my skateboard. Damn, that song rules. Okay. One of the coolest, like, organ synth solos in, in the world. Like, yeah. Anyways. All right. Well, they've done uh, it again. Well, boys, they've done it again. And this episode hasn't even started. Well, I guess that's all. Time to get into it. Yeah. And then the music starts. All right, here we go. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.